Hey, what's up, everybody? Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug here with the Fantasy Football Plug podcast. Hollering at y'all to let y'all know about something called Monkey Knife Fight. Got to be one of the best daily fantasy games that you can play. Got an app. You can go online. Y'all make sure to get to monkeyknifefight.com and get that money. Use the promo code PLUG, that's P-L-U-G, and receive a match on your first $50. That's free money. Go get it. Who doesn't like free money? This is the easiest daily fantasy site out there, and the prop bets are so easy to make. Seriously, if I can understand it and I can figure out how to do it, anybody can. Like a toddler could figure this out. Uh, But don't let them bet. They're too young. Um, One of the best things about Monkey Knife Fight is you can play all year since it can be used for every sport, from football to golf. Hell, I'm sure they'll probably figure out something for badminton. Um, And you don't play against pros. All right. There are no entry limits, no randomness involved. Play against the house only. Seriously, guys, go get that money. Monkeyknifefight.com. You cannot go wrong with this daily fantasy game. It's a blast. You got an app that you can download or just go online to monkeyknifefight.com. I'm out. Hi, this is Marcus Allen. You're listening to my boy Jay on the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Tune in. This is where it's at. The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh, yeah, that's apparent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah, tune in. You already know what's up. They call him the Fantasy Football Plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got them bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey, the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Let's go. And that's the what a great running back can do. I mean, it will, you know, a team will uh, say uncle. They will throw up the white, white flag. And you can see the looks on guys' faces. So that is the part about real football. We talk about it's psychological and physical warfare. And once you, uh, you know, dominate physically, the psychological part is over. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. I am joined by the man, not the myth, because he exists for real, the legend of Marcus Allen. <laughs> Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, two-time, first-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler. Preach, right? First in most rushing touchdowns. That's that's impressive, man. Allen was awesome. Rookie of the Year, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Pac-10 Player of the Year, Heisman Trophy winner, Pop Warner MVP. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Jason, I'm great, man. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, man. This is first and foremost, it's an honor to have you on the show. Hey, we're going to kick it off. Hopefully, there'll be plenty uh, more guys that will follow after this. So. Oh, that'd be great, man. That'd be great. Um, so, being a fantasy football podcast, I'm, I'm always inclined to ask my guests, which you being the first pro, actually, um, what are your opinions on fantasy football? I would love my listeners to hear. You have an awesome answer, actually. Well, I like anything that really sort of engages the fan and gets them to understand the, uh, the complexities of football and the, and, and the players. And uh, anytime uh, I think that uh, we can promote the game, I think it's a good thing. So it's, uh, um, I understand there's a lot of office pulls out there and there's men when men playing, women playing, and I just think it's great. I think uh, anything that promotes the game, I'm happy with. Excellent. Actually, yeah, same here. My wife, she never really knew anything about football until we started playing. Yeah. 
yeah, she's she's become pretty awesome. So, um, <laughs> all right, next question that I'm sure a lot of people would love to know. Um, with everything going on in the world, the COVID-19, all this stuff, I mean, do you think there's going to be an NFL season? Well, I hope so. Obviously, uh, you know, um, when you talk about commerce, obviously there's a lot of money to be made, but then uh, first and foremost is safety. So I'm, I'm sure the NFL and the NFLPA are, are trying to uh, come to some sort of uh, resolution. Um, on how to approach the season and how to keep guys safe and and, and, and to entertain uh, the fans. I, I think personally, my, my personal opinion is that sports is necessary. We need it. And I, I almost see it as a duty. Um, you know, sometimes we have to forget about the monetary aspects of it. And it's hard to do because it's a lot of money, but um, I think the greater call is it's, it's, it's necessary for our country. Um, it's football is one of the greatest escapes. Sports is a great escape, and um, you know it's gotten us through wars and 9/11 and, and all sorts of uh, atrocities. Uh, sports has been that one galvanizing, um, I, I think, event that uh, brings us together and unites us. And uh, so I think it's uh, it's critical that we we play and hopefully. Um, guys can go out there and, and take the field and be safe and, and, and entertain. Obviously, I don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands or uh, if, if, if that does occur, it may be, you know, uh, at least, you know, 50% perhaps. But, um, you know, it's more importantly, I think, you know, to watch games on television um, will, you know, will bring a lot of people uh, to their couches and sit down and enjoy and they can put on their team colors and they can, <clears throat> you know, argue back and forth about their favorite teams and stuff like that. But it's so necessary. I think sports is a great medicine and we need it badly. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Just seriously, I, I really hope for any that there's a season this year. Uh, just, you're absolutely right. I mean, it brings everybody together. I think it would be a tragedy or travesty, whichever word you want to use, if we don't have sports. I mean, I, I found myself watching badminton. <laughs> it's just that, it's that, any kind of competitive You're really looking for an escape, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on to the next one, my man. Uh, can you tell me something about Marcus Allen that most people might not know? I know it, with your stories, man, I, the stories um, that you have are unbelievable. Sitting there talking to you the other day, it was just, I was hanging on every word, man. I mean, if there's, there's anything well, you can tell me. <laughs> One of my great uh, regrets are um, not continuing piano lessons. Um, okay. It was, you know, we were, we were kids and um, we love sports. And unfortunately, there was a a baseball field around the uh, really around the corner from our piano teacher and and actually instead of going in for our lessons we <laughs> pretended to go in and then we would go play baseball and then one day the uh, <laughs> my I think my dad said how much uh, do you know do I owe you and said Mr. Allen you don't owe us anything because your kids <laughs> haven't showed up <laughs> And, and, and one of the things that um, I always, you know, and, and I'm sort of like a dilettante now, I can play just a few things, but I wish I would have stuck it out and 
and played piano. Um, the other thing is that one thing I, that I enjoy, that, that sort of cathartic man, you know, we always have, you know, people say, why don't you get somebody else to do that? I actually like uh, working in the yard. And okay. um, no, it's cathartic, man. It's peaceful, man. It's therapy. And you know, it's, it's uh, being out in nature. Um, how do you, you know, you, how do you calm yourself in a, in, in a, in a world full of, you know, madness and sleepwalkers right you you really go outside you look in the sky man and you just sort of appreciate where you are and what you have and stuff like that and so me getting outside in the yard and and um whether i'm trimming trees or and i do a lot of that <laughs> i i call myself a landscape architect right there you go <laughs> you know looking for a new uh a new profession. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no. Again, it's just peaceful, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like um, my, my my wife asked me, "Why do you why why do you do that? Why don't you just?" I said, "Cause I, I you know, it's it's calming, it's peaceful." Yeah. yeah. You know, and that that's why I do it. I get that absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like to do art and stuff. I get that. Going outside and get your hands dirty. Hey, hey, absolutely, man. It's like, and especially nature, man, is the closest thing to God to me. So it's like. Oh, absolutely. Man, anytime I can be outside and stuff, and I just appreciate all uh, that I have. I mean, you look at a tree that, uh, I mean, we, we take them for granted. You guys may take these things for granted, but, you know, growing up in California, we didn't have very many trees. And then you come out <laughs> here right. and it's called the city of trees. And you guys, uh, I mean, you, you look at the amount of time that these trees have been on this earth and have grown and stuff, and, and it's just, it's, you know, uh, you know, so I like to take care of them. I like to uh, sort of trim them and uh, manicure them and, <laughs> and yeah. all those kind of things, you know. Yeah, you ever thought about getting into bonsai? You ever seen those old trees? That's impressive. Well, I certainly know what they are, but yeah, they're, they're, they're beautiful, man. You, know, yeah. you might have to, get, we have, we have to get one for the house. I mean, I don't yeah, know. man. Bonsai trees. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you say that. My wife and I will sit on the front porch, and we have a magnolia tree over in the corner, and I'm obsessed with this tree. And I was right. talking to her the other day, like how amazing it is that we have these trees that you look up and you can't even see the top of them. They're so tall. How long yeah. have they been around? Man, I, I absolutely. Awesome you think that way? Man. Yeah. I thought the same thing before. That's great. Do you have any charities you want to mention? Talk about? I saw the whole kiss begins with K thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh man, I'll well, I, you know, was, I was, was thinking certainly, of uh, for K Jewelers. Uh, that was a uh, a program that I was involved. Yeah, St. Jude's Hospital, man, and it was awesome. Uh, so you try to raise money. Um, uh, to help people, I, this is what I believe: you're rich by what you give, and you're poor by what you keep. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money, but it can be time. It could be a smile. It could be a number of things. But um, I've been uh, for for many years. Um, I've had a golf tournament. This was supposed to be my 17th, I think it was, and obviously we canceled because I just didn't feel like it was. Um, <clears throat> the right, you know, time to go out and ask people for money to, to donate when a lot of people weren't working. And so, um, so hopefully next year we'll have it, but I've, I've given my money to, um, various causes, charter school and, and, and South, uh, uh, South Los Angeles. Um, I've given some money to the music department at, uh, Washington prep, which is one of the uh, lowest funded, uh, schools in the Los Angeles area. 
Um, I've given money to the Holly Rod Foundation. Uh, um, I've given money to All Stars Helping Kids, which is Ronnie Lott's tournament, my best friend, uh, uh, not tournament, but his foundation. And he's he's done some amazing things. He's raised amazing, amazing dollars to help kids uh, out. And I've given money to, uh, I think it was last year, the Jackie Joyner um, Foundation, her, uh, you know, to support her cause. Um, um, Fresh Start, which is a, uh, a grant surgical gift to kids. Um, for free um, you know we buy medical supplies and stuff like that for doctors who donate their time and stuff and give kids a fresh start whether it's a um, you know a birth defect or some sort of tragic accident or something like that and, and post you know cosmetically they ch- it changes their life it gives them a fresh start I mean, so it's a sports for good foundation uh, I know not only I'm an ambassador but I've also given Money uh, and uh, Nelson Mandela says sports has the uh, um, the the power to change the world and give uh, hope when there was once despair. Just sort of paraphrase, and again, that sort of refers back to what I said earlier: the power of sports and what's so necessary. It can not only change lives, but obviously, it can give uh, great medicine to a country that so badly needs it too. Um, again, I mean, I I, I believe. I mean, all that is a reminder of me, really, of how blessed I am and how lucky I am. So um, that's how that's how I that's how I operate on that. Marcus Allen giving back, man. Yeah. Wow, man. That's I, I donate like if I see somebody on the side I, I, on the side of the street or something, I give them a couple bucks. I feel uh, feel kind of rough right now, man. <laughs> Just do your part. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to try to match. Uh, and I keep, sorry, right. I certainly can't match you know uh, uh certain people but i i can you do what you you, you know you can do yeah absolutely and, um, that's it i mean and that's why i mean a, a lot of people like to talk about you know and criticize others about what they doing or what they think they should do right do i just just do what you do man and let other people you know talk man i got you a good buddy of mine you met him the other day mike slocum um Gentleman came in and said that he always liked playing with you on Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> uh, he brought up a question that was pretty interesting. Um, it seems that running backs have become a little bit more disrespected. In my opinion, I think so as well, as far as the value in the NFL. In my opinion, they're one of the most valuable players on the field. But I mean, as far as pay, you, have you ever heard, like, I've been hearing a lot of, you know, the running backs don't get paid what they deserve. What do you think about that? Obviously, I'm a great supporter of running backs, and and I think they have artificially put a number on players um, uh, as far as the years that they think they're productive and stuff. And you know, I played 16 years, and I thought I was productive throughout. But uh, those are some of the artificial limitations that sort of suppress the salary. Right. Um, of players and then they say well you know uh, we're throwing a ball a lot more uh, but every team that you look um, whether it's by committee or you know there, there's a there, there's a great runner you, you got to have a guy that can run the ball um, especially um, in playoff times and uh, when the weather's inclement I mean it, it, it's necessary another part of the the, the, the running game 
then I think it's critical that, that, that most people, I mean, if you really understand football, right, you can pass the ball around 50 times and it's really like playing flag football, right? Um, you know, I mean, a, a wide receiver can beat a DB and he could, um, you know, make an excuse and say, well, I mean, I was, you know, listen, I was right there, coach. I, you know, put the wrong arm up or, you know, I didn't locate the ball. Right. And you know, those are excuses guys can make. But what happens in the running game, uh, there are no excuses when somebody's physically dominating you. And it's really the only part of the game that makes you surrender, right? And, and there's nothing like seeing a, a, a guy who's physically been beaten and knows that you own him. And that is what the running game does. And that's the, what a great running back can do. I mean, it will, you know, a team will uh, say uncle. They will throw up the white, white flag and you can see the looks on guys' faces. So that is the part about real football we're talking about. It's psychological and physical warfare. And once you, uh, you know, dominate physically, the psychological part is over. Man, that <laughs> that is an intimidating answer. I love it. Man. You <laughs> dominate. I got to call you on that. That's phenomenal. That's, it's, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I, well, trust. I've, I've watched a lot of highlights, and my dad always talked about it. He was a huge Raiders fan as I was growing up. And when I told him that I got to meet you, he was like, that is a real football player. Oh, man. Tell him I said thank you, man. <laughs> I will, for sure. He I always I always wanted to be a real football player. I always prided myself on um, playing every part of the game and wanting to be great. And, and when I came in the league, I mean, that was one of my goals. I just didn't want to be another player. I wanted to be one of the great ones that played and stuff. And there are a lot of people that are part of the fabric of my success. I mean, I can just go on and on and on about some of the players that I've met over the years or I watched when I was growing up and stuff. But there's so many people that have contributed to that because uh, through them, I wanted to become, you know, the same or better, so. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know you definitely wanted to play the, the, the entire part. I remember seeing you throw some passes, man. You've got an arm on you. <laughs> you an arm on you. Well, I, I, I used to, man. <laughs> it was impressive, and, and, and you know what, though? I only had six touchdowns, but she'd have had at least... 12. <laughs> you had six passing touchdowns. Yeah, well, that's that's the annoying thing. And you know what? I mean, really, that is something, you know, and, and we always sort of, uh, <clears throat> we disagree with the game plan a lot. Obviously, players always think they know best. And sometimes we need coaches to, you know, to, to sort of save us from ourselves, you know, because, I mean, we would go for every fourth down and stuff like that. But we do know the the game of football, right? And I thought I should have threw a pass once again, at least once again, because yeah. Yeah. that would have, I mean, if we're running the sweep and, and I pull up, it only, you know, and um, pull up that one time, right? It's going to make the corner hesitate coming up on force, right? Mm -hmm. Or the linebacker, right? And it's going to make them hesitate just a little. So when we do run the ball, they'll hesitate just a little because they don't know if I'm going to pull up and throw. But if you do, and I just felt we should have done it every um, every week just to get a feeling of how they're going to play because once you, you know, you see how they're going to play, you stop and pull up, you throw a bunt, uh, over their over their heads, and then they're, they're tentative the rest of the game. See, that's sort of how, you know, 
but you know, it's not something I thought should have been like a trick play. I thought it should have been a play that we should have, uh, you know, used um, as bread and butter. Absolutely, and it, it worked, and it always kept them on their toes, kept them guessing. I remember watching some of these games, it was <laughs> whenever you would pull back, man. I was like, there's a touchdown. It was, it was most crazy. of the time, I mean, most of the time, actually, I'd run it. I mean, I'd stop, and if it wasn't there, I either, I'd either throw it out of bounds or I'd, you know, I'd take off. I mean, that's genius. <laughs> you have a running back like you, of your caliber, pull back and you can throw the ball. You've got everybody like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? Well, that, that was. That was because I played quarterback in high school. That's right. That's the <laughs> I was going to go to that. I was going to say, yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about that before. Um, all right, so I wanted to go over something that is pretty impressive. Um, so, as you know, fantasy football podcast here. I've got these notes, and I'm going to read through them for the the '84 and '85 season, just to make it a little bit quicker for you. Um, 250, or excuse me, 275 attempts in 1984 for 1,168 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns on the ground, as well as 64 receptions and 758 yards and five more touchdowns, okay? In a PPR format, which is point per reception, that puts you at 326.7 fantasy points for that season. And that's that's elite. Like, a bit, these, this day and age is elite. Uh, and I could just imagine how you would be able to do, like, what you would do to these boys if you were playing right now. It would be. <laughs> so the game is actually the, the game. The game is easier now, I think, because uh, I, it's a it's a it's a it, it's it's sort of a fast break, you know, game. Right. You know, we played we we played it. Uh, we had a combination of everything, you know, mostly in the phone booth too, which was, you know, which is harder to to you know. To get 22 guys in a phone booth is, is, is right. difficult, right? And to try to <laughs> maneuver through there. So it's like, uh, but playing fast break is, is, is kind of easy. I mean, I, I think I could play 20 something years uh, yeah. if I was playing today. Oh, for sure. I, I can't even imagine what the points would be if you, if you were playing right now. Um, the 85 season, this is. When I read these, I was like, look, I mean, I knew this guy was incredible, but God bless. Okay, so 380 attempts for 750, or excuse me, 1,759 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground, okay? As well as 67 receptions, 555 yards in the air and three touchdowns. That's 354.65 fantasy points. So, again, elite. The 84 and 85 season... The only running back nowadays that would have outscored you is Christian McCaffrey, and that's not by a whole lot. Yeah. That's impressive, man. That is unreal. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, I've thought about I've thought about starting like a fantasy league. I haven't seen from anybody else like with retired players, um, and going back through the years, like drafting for each individual year and then adding up the points and tallying it. But I don't yeah. have time. <laughs> but yeah, you uh, one overall. He's Easy. At, at the risk at the risk of sounding conceited, I was a money player, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, man! It's not conceited if it's true. It's, I mean, that's, <laughs> no, I I was a money player, man. You can count on me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see that here. Um, well, uh, that pretty much concludes it for me, my man. I was kind of hoping if there's anything before you take off, if there's any at least one story that you could share with us. Because I remember talking to you the other day, and I was hanging on every word, and I would love to be able to provide that for games. You know, growing up in high school, obviously, uh, wanting to be a defensive back. And um, 
you know, wanted to be like Jack Tatum and hit people and stuff like that. And then it was end up playing, uh, I think I was playing linebacker or, or safety at the time and stuff. And the coach wanted me to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to play. I fumbled the ball eight times in a row on purpose. He, well, he said, Marcus, go. Um, yeah. Under center. And I went under center and fumbled the ball eight times in a row. On purpose. And then they kicked me off the team. Right. And um, I just I just think, um, you know, I went home and I just knew my dad was going to be livid, right? And, and I told him and he said, uh, to my surprise, he said, that's uh, between uh, you and your coach. So it was great. He didn't rescue me, which was great, right? Because I may have been, you know, dependent on him for the rest of, um, you know, my life. Um, so I had to go back and sort of troubleshoot and I resolve the situation myself. But I got uh, reinstated. Um, but the one thing I, I did learn was is that sometimes, you know, we have blind spots, right? As individuals, sometimes we don't see opportunities or see what other people see in us, right? And uh, sometimes you got to trust some people. Uh, so when I look back, I think my coach um, obviously saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, right? And as the story continued, uh, because I played quarterback and ran the ball, when I went to USC as a defensive back and all the running backs were hurt, they asked me to come over and play. So, um, and that only happened because my coach saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, right? And um, so I think it's critical to always have people around you um, that see our blind spots, right? That uh, that you trust and that will t- be honest with you and say, hey, listen here, either you didn't handle that situation correctly or, and you think you did, or listen here, I know you don't see this, but there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's critical to have people like that, I think, in your life uh, that are going to be upfront, honest, and, and be straight with you and, and, and sometimes either uh, see things that you don't and um, bring it to your attention. Or uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, we think we're behaving right and sometimes we you know, may be short with somebody or something like that and say, hey, that wasn't cool. Um, and you go, really? I, I, I didn't think I did anything, but you know, sometimes we do, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got to have people like, you know, like I had in my life, uh, Coach Big Player, like I have in my life, Ronnie Lott, people who are like, hey, Marcus, you know what I mean? I know you don't see this, but this is a great opportunity. Uh, or, you know, um, so I, I just think we all have blind spots. Sometimes we don't see things um, in our lives that other people, uh, that, that good people around us can see. Man, dropping some not Look at, man, teaching people lessons today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. <laughs> hey, you're actually, you're actually, you know what? I, I think you have a, uh, uh, <laughs> a talent to do this, man. Hopefully, um, I know I'm the first interview, but hopefully I'm not the last. Thanks so much. That means a lot. You got no idea. Yeah. Man. It's before you can ask my wife, my my father. I mean, I was. I don't know if you remember when you when I asked you just to do a just a simple plug, and you said, "Well, I mean, what, do you want an interview?" And I, whenever I froze, <laughs> everybody saw my face. They were like, "Dude, your face was classic." Yeah, I see. I see how passionate you are about this, right? And how much you love it and stuff like that. And so, it's like, man. It, again, I think you, you're rich by what you give. 
and you're poor but what you keep man listen here, i mean all of us have time now so if i can't carve out a few <laughs> minutes of my time you know what i mean and and and, and trust me i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm, I'm wise about this stuff this is my, my greatest resource right sure because i i i can't get time back and i don't know how much time i have left right but you're a good guy so i wanted to give you my time bro thank you so much for being on the show um i just i just can't thank you enough my friend thank you and, and the uh, compliment that you just gave me is probably one of the best i've got I, I really i really do next to my wife saying yes when i asked her to marry me that's the oh, oh come on <laughs> oh she's gonna be listening to this and watching this my man trust me hi this is marcus allen you're listening to my boy jay on the fantasy football plug podcast Tune in, this is where it's at, the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast, you know that we got it poppin', oh yeah, that's apparent, got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish, yeah, tune in, you already know what's up, they call him the Fantasy Football Plug, it's time to turn it up, I bet you can't get enough, got them bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh, hey, the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast, let's go.